So, Harry, mm-hmm. if you were starting to, you know, feel your age a little bit. Okay. And you decided to, you know, get a little bit of a freshening up. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a bit of cosmetic surgery. Yeah. What would be the first procedure you would book in? Okay. Well, first of all, bitch. <laughs> um, I'm just asking. <laughs> it's relevant to the film. <laughs> uh, I, I've got to say bigger brain. Bigger brain. Okay. You'd have a brain enlargement. Okay. Smaller head, though. Are you saying you wanted to look like one of the aliens from Mars Attacks? Just like a giant cranium with like a pulsating head? I'd put a wig on top of it, so I'd still look normal. Sure, yeah, that looked completely yeah. normal. You with a giant cranium and just a big old Dolly Parton wig? Is that what we're looking at here? I think that's probably how it would turn out, yeah. Okay, it's, I'm intrigued. I'd say realistically that's how it would look. I'd contribute to that Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to First Wives Club. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the ideas they have posted on our Facebook and Twitter. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host who's most likely to ask for divorce from my abusive podcast husband, John Lucas. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> Not without a fight, bitch. <laughs> Bleed you dry. <laughs> um, so yeah, First Wives Club. Well done. Yes. Thank you. Is that a sarcastic well done? Or? No. no uh, I enjoyed it. Oh good, I'm glad. Yeah. I would describe this film as nice. Yeah. Nice and fun. It's. N- I would say, I think plot wise, it's barely a step above The Greatest Showman. It's. It doesn't really hang together, but. It's got more heart. It's got more heart and soul. Yeah. And there's just something to be said for just watching funny people be charming and funny for an hour and a half. And yeah. It doesn't exactly tax the old brain. No. 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 So, yeah, that's why I chose it. We, we kicked off a new season of musicians in films. Mm-hmm. And Bette Midler is kind of both. She's a singer and she's also an actress. So yeah. thought, and this has been on my list for a long time. So I thought, let's, let's just ease into this season with a, a nice easy watch. And this is the definition of an easy watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, it's pretty much the only reason I had. Nothing deeper than that, really. So, great. Yeah. Well, you chose well. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. 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 So this film was actually a surprise hit. This mm-hmm. is a very famous surprise hit. This film came out in 1996. Mm. And it was a film that was like a medium budget film that starred three women who were all in their like early 50s or late 40s. Yeah. Early 50s, I think. Early 50s, it would have been. Um, so nobody really expected much of this. And mm. it was a huge, huge hit. I think it outgrossed a Die Hard or something. It came, really? Right. It came out against some very big film and like got to number one over it and made much more money. And it was a yeah. whole big thing. It was like, oh, now we're going to make loads of films for women. And then they never did. But um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a big thing in its day. And it's uh, it's one of those ones that you'll always see on TV. And it's just a, it's just a good time. Mm. It, it, it is just a good time. Yeah. Good cast, you know, enough good jokes to keep you tidied over. Yeah. That's all you really need. Everybody's so. good. Everyone's good. No one lets you down. No They're well written enough that all three of them have a storyline. Yeah. That's fleshed out adequately. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Should we get into it? Yeah. Cool. So, First Wife Club, as discussed, it came out in 1996. Stars Bette Midler, mm-hmm. Goldie Horn, and Diane Keaton mm-hmm. as a trio of... Um, well, we'll get into it. A trio of women who are screwed over by their husbands at yeah. a certain point in their lives. 
unlike most fluffy comedies, and this is definitely a fl- it is definitely a fluffy comedy. Like there's there's nothing particularly dark or disturbing about this, yeah. apart from the fact that it opens with a suicide. Yeah, it's a a bold move for a very like middle brow comedy, but it does open with. Um, but it works though. It works very well. Well, and it gives the it gives the film some stakes. It does. It definitely gives the film a bit of grit, which it otherwise doesn't really have. Mm. But actually, it doesn't open with a suicide. I'm lying. It opens with a very poorly dubbed flashback scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one felt off to me. It was just a w- really funny choice to me that rather than just have they have younger actresses playing mm. Bette Midler, Diane Keaton, and Goldie Hawn, yeah. but rather than have those young actresses who are all like women in their like te- they're supposed to be teenagers, mm. so they would have different voices. Mm. But instead of get, letting those actresses speak in their own voices, they decide to dub them with the voices of Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, and Diane Keaton, <laughs> just in case everyone wasn't clear on who they were. Yeah, and it is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Cause, strange because Bette Midler has like an old lady, well, not an old lady voice, but she, she has like a middle-aged lady voice it's not a teenage it's voice. not the voice of a 17 year old no it's just weird yeah it's ve- and, and the dubbing's all off the mouths mm-hmm. are all over the place it's oh it's a hoot it's very entertaining <laughs> but we open with this scene uh it's in the 1960s these four women are in college together these mm-hmm. four students young they're young their hair is high very big mm-hmm. beehives it's all of the hair uh, but they're all like graduating and they're vowing that they're going to be friends forever they're going to stay together and be strong and look yeah. after each other for the rest of their lives yeah and then it smash cuts to 30 years later and a sad middle-aged woman <laughs> that's what she is that's her character <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being critical but a very sad middle-aged woman mm-hmm. is uh committing suicide mm-hmm. uh played by stockard chenning yeah. from uh greece mm-hmm. yeah rizzo from greece never seen her in anything else was really excited to see her in this didn't last, <laughs> didn't last very long no. she's been in another <laughs> good part thing. though yeah i mean she she really like, like you said she gives the movie its stakes yeah uh yeah so she's depressed and she's clearly drinking too much and she's just reading in the newspaper about her husband marrying a much younger woman mm-hmm. and uh yeah she puts on a fabulous fur coat and smokes a cigarette and gives evils to some woman in another window yeah. and uh, just jumps off. Of the, we don't say a jump off the balcony. The film's no. not that dark. It's not showing the jump, no. but it's very much clear what's happened. Yeah. She, she commits suicide by jumping off the balcony of her penthouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the end of her. That's mm-hmm. a wrap on Stocker Channing. Very much a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before she dies, before she jumps, she mails three letters to her three old college girlfriends yeah. who we saw in the original flashback. Um, and they are, as mentioned, Diane Keaton, Mm. who plays Annie, who is kind of a classic doormat. <laughs> she's just, you know, too nice for her own good. Let's everyone walk all over her. She's got mm. a very pushy mother. Her daughter's a lesbian. Not that that seems to be any kind of a problem. In no. fact, she takes that news for the 90s remarkably well. Yeah. That's just very casually dropped in. Almost as though like, oh my, thank God, I thought you were straight. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just more like she doesn't even, she's just like, you, oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her daughter's a lesbian. Her mother is very pushy. And her husband is has left her but they're still sleeping together mm-hmm. and she thinks it's because they're going to get back together. She's kind of kidding herself. She's delusional, mm-hmm. but actually clearly he's just using her and like keeping her on, you know, keeping yeah. her on a, on a hook basically. Yeah. So that's her. She's a complete doormat. There's also Elsie played by Goldie Horn, who mm-hmm. is a famous actress. Well, <laughs> she's great. In she's, I think, I think Goldie <laughs> Horn pretty much steals this movie. Yeah, she's, they're all fun, yeah. but Goldie Horn steals this movie. She's solid entertainment whenever she's on screen she's great i mean i felt the same way about her in uh, death becomes her she's yeah. just a very entertaining woman yeah you know? she was a bad actress uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so goldie horn is an aging actress who has become addicted to fillers and plastic surgery mm-hmm. in a desperate attempt to stay young and relevant mm-hmm. in the 
movie world where she's clearly getting edged out a little bit. Yeah. I love the conversations where she tries to deny her plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, her lips are their own character in this movie. Yeah. 100%. But <laughs> it's great. Do it, Morris. Do it to me now. I need it. You're the only one who does it the way I like it. You're the king. Elise, if I give you any more collagen, your lips are going to look like they got stuck in a pool drain. Morris, I haven't worked in 18 months, and I have a meeting with a director for a part that I would kill for. I have to look sexy. Elise, you are sexy. Look, look at yourself. You're incredible. You're you're my masterpiece. There's not one line on your face. Oh, really? Well, what do you call that? And these? What are these? Well, wait, wait. Huh? You're 45. You know, if I give you one more facelift, you're going to be able to blink your lips. So that's her. And she's also been left by her husband for a younger woman. Mm -hmm. And then finally, there is Bette Midler, who plays Brenda, who is a kind of middle-aged Jewish housewife whose husband has also left her for Mm -hmm. a younger model. Yeah. So two of them have been thoroughly dumped and one of them has also been dumped but isn't ready to accept it yet. That's basically where we're at. Yeah. But they all hear that their friend has died who they've not spoken to in decades but Mm. obviously they're still very upset Mm -hmm. and they go to her funeral and they they reconnect. It's the Mm. first time they've seen each other probably since college. Yeah. And the three of them after the funeral they go for like a boozy lunch. Yeah. A really fun boozy lunch. (laughs) (laughs) That must go on for hours. It's a great, it's it's exactly what you want from a boozy lunch. I mean, you'd hope it wasn't attached to a funeral but it is exactly what you want from a boozy lunch where Mm -hmm. a bunch of friends sat around a table just getting absolutely hammered yeah spilling all the tea just yeah. <laughs> just just catching up on everything and it's a great time mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a great scene it's a long scene but it's a great scene but uh brenda and elise are kind of bemoaning the state of their lives and how their husbands have both left them and mm-hmm. you know they're, they're getting older and they don't feel very attractive anymore and all, mm-hmm. all of this but uh, annie the diane keaton character is still completely in denial and she's still pretending that her marriage is absolutely fine it's all great yeah. and she, eventually she admits that they are technically separated but they're definitely <laughs> they're definitely still getting back together it's nothing serious it's to just which the point. other two just burst into tears oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Bur- burst out laughing indeed yeah, yeah. well yeah they, they all see what's happening here yeah, yeah. so yeah but, but she's not willing to accept it and she continues to kid herself oh i saw my two old friends but they are god they're having a hard life thank god i'm not in that situation at all mm. and then she has the horrible realization she finds out that her husband does not only wants a divorce he demands a divorce from her yeah after in, immediately after sleeping with her yeah so she thinks they're gonna get back together and he's like no i want a divorce mm. and then she finds out that he's actually sleeping with their joint therapist yeah played by Marsha gay harden yeah uh, <laughs> so she reacts to that as about as well as you'd expect mm-hmm. she has a complete breakdown mm-hmm. uh, she screams and it's great her therapist is like, this is great, use this. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's a really fun scene because the therapist is still therapizing it even yeah. though she's the cause of all the problems. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, this is very awkward. No, 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 Annie was just leaving. What? You told her? I, I was totally up front. What? Excuse me? Well, Annie, this <gasps> is rough, I know that. Rough? Wait a minute, I don't understand. You are my therapist? I'm a woman. He is my... Husband! Oh, Annie, we've been separated for months now. Let's not over-dramatize, okay? Aaron, she's allowed to be angry. Annie, let's use this. He's found someone new. You're free. Closure. I'm sorry, but that is not what this is. Well, Annie... No, 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 Annie, you are not helping us out here. Now, I am sorry. This has happened this way. I am very sorry I ever met you, and I am sorry that I myself to love you for all those years i'm sorry i did nothing but be there for you every minute of every day and to bite you in your every mouth 
this part of the movie, basically, after they all first reconnect, there's just a section of all three of them hitting rock bottom. Mm. So we see Annie finding out that her husband's leaving her for her therapist. Mm -hmm. Then we see Brenda, the Bette Midler character, runs into her ex-husband, Morty, Mm -hmm. played by Dan Hedaya, who is just always plays grouchy dads and grouchy husbands he's he's the, the grouchy dad in clueless his most yeah. famous role oh yeah yeah yeah. she runs into him in a fancy department store with his new girlfriend played mm-hmm. by sarah jessica parker mm-hmm. and sarah jessica parker calls bet midler fat basically and bet midler is very depressed yeah <laughs> which it's it's a good it's a good scene it's like because they put bet midler in these awful heavy knits as well yeah, they, 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 they always they do. clearly like frump her up to because they mm. try and do a whole thing where she loses weight later in the film she doesn't but no. they just they just <laughs> Just give her more better... She, she loses clothes. She should give her better fitting clothes in the second yeah. half, that's all. But um, fine, it's an arc. Yeah. Yeah, but she she gets this kind of, you know, sad emotional moment where the young pretty girlfriend makes a fat joke at her and then she's left feeling very depressed. Mm-hmm. And then she goes home to her apartment and there's just... I love the detail where she goes into her fridge to like, you know, mm. binges. And then you see that her fridge is full of... It's covered in photos of like obese women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I clocked yeah. that too. <laughs> She, she looks into it and then she just kind of closes it again yeah. and just kind of collapses on the bed and has a bit of a weep instead. It's, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. So yeah, she gets that. And uh, Goldie Horn, her husband is divorcing her, but because she's the movie star, he's actually trying to steal all of her money. So he wants mm-hmm. half of everything she owns. He's, he's going to bleed her dry. Mm. And also he's dating a much younger girl. Yeah. And then just to add insults to injury, she gets offered the part of the mother of the main character yeah. in a new hit movie. And yeah. she's absolutely appalled by this she's not supposed to play the mother she's supposed to and be the, like, the the girl that he's dating is playing, is, the, is playing the daughter yeah yeah so it's just the most humiliating thing yeah. and she responds as any sane person does by getting extremely drunk yeah <laughs> with her crazy lips yep it's, it's a good time i'm not monique's mother no no angela lansbury's monique's mother mm-hmm. and shelly winters is unique's mother now that's good Sean Connery is Monique's mother. Yeah. Perhaps I should mm. get you some coffee. Oh, wait a minute. I take that back. Sean Connery is Monique's boyfriend. Now, he's 300 years old, but he's still a stud. <laughs> I'm not happy, Maria. And I'm going to get you that coffee. <laughs> So yeah, basically they all hit rock bottom and they're all at this absolute low point. And at this point, they all receive the letter that was written to them by their suicidal friend before she killed herself. Mm-hmm. And it's this very emotional letter saying, you know, even though I, you know, went down a dark path, I want the three of you to be strong and I wish I had the strength mm-hmm. that you guys had and you need to support each other and be friends again. And it's just a very, you know, it's very moving and they're all very upset by it. And they, they get together and they're like, how could we let ourselves drift apart like this? And mm-hmm. they reconnect their friendship fully this time. And they, uh, they form the first wives club, yeah. which is um, how they decide to get revenge on their husbands. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not entirely sure what this club does. <laughs> it, it's kind of left vague. <laughs> yeah. So I knew of this film. Yeah. It's I a very knew- famous film. Yeah. And I'm telling you the title I didn't think that they actually started a club. I thought it was just more going to be like the story of of of, of these three women, yeah. you know, something to do with their husbands, probably this. But I wasn't expecting them to like become the Ghostbusters. Yeah, they have their own office, like building. a headquarters. Yeah, 
my criticism of this movie, I think I do like this movie a lot. I think this movie would be better if it was like fifteen percent darker. Yeah. If they really yeah. went for revenge, like they what they did real like dark shit to their husbands. Mm-hmm. Not like grotesque dark shit, but just like you know, I'm not saying like chop the willies off, but you know, just like they really went to destroy their lives because instead it just feels like they spend a lot of money on a headquarters and then just kind of spend it drinking wine and bitching. They yeah, don't really do anything. I'm the, like, what, yeah, what's the, the business model for this there's, press there's, there's, club? A, there's a lot of that. But then like, as it kind of gets into their master plan later on, well, they don't come up with a master plan initially. No, it, it pays off at the end, obviously, when yeah. they set up the shelter. But, but yeah, like, they it just feels ill-defined. Yeah. Take all of one of their husband's things, mm. sell it to another one, use the money to buy the third one's business yeah, or something. And it's all just like something financial like that, which is it's interesting in a way. Mm. It's kind of boring. It's kind of realistic. It's also not realistic in many ways. Sure. But then I like at the end when they're doing like a like a launch party for their new thing, which we'll get to, and like all the husbands are there, and they all look very sort of they don't want to be there, but that yeah, they have to be there, like just because these women own them now. Yeah. I think I just sort of like more of which them. I I kind of liked that it wasn't like just straight revenge it was more they got their own back and like now the men have kind of learned their lesson almost Mm -hmm. like that's that's the energy i was getting from it yeah sure i think i would have just liked a bit more of a middle section of them actually doing like really petty stuff yeah because it just doesn't go there it's kind of like they just kind of do their own thing and i don't think the husbands even really notice they're just kind of running around town just you know having a great time but they're not really doing much yeah apart from maybe making sarah's jessica parker spend too much money but that's pretty much (laughs) it but no, I, I agree. It, it pays off at the end, but mm. the middle section is a bit, bit flabby. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It could have done with a little montage of them like pranking the husband. Yeah, just like stupid stuff like key their cars or, yeah. you know, um, I don't know. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. Cut, St- cut, cut their brakes and yeah. just like they, they all crash their cars. Not into anybody, but just like, you know, take away some of their favorite. Exactly, items. exactly. Just Just get really silly with it. But yeah. regardless, that's not really where it goes. But they do form the first wives club and they decide that they're going to work together to get revenge on their no good husbands. Mm-hmm. And then there's the first of several kind of very random little side stories where they all go to a lesbian bar. Yeah. Because Annie's daughter is a lesbian, as we've established. Mm-hmm. And uh, just as a gay son, you know, as, as someone with straight parents who has a, who, mm-hmm. you know, as a gay with straight parents, if you want to like, you know, connect with your children, get in touch with them, find them to do some plotting. Don't go to, don't, don't meet them in a gay bar. Don't do it. Don't, don't go there. That, that, that's our sacred space. Yeah. Don't, 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 in, don't intrude in that space. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was weird. Mm. Well, I loved this nineties uh, gay, but this nineties lesbian bar though. Mm. It was fabulous. Cause it was, it was basically a gay bar. I've no lesbian bar I've ever seen was anything like this. Like this, <laughs> this was a men's gay bar filled with lesbians yeah it, it was like right. a camp you know yeah. disco music club night which is very much for i mean i'm sure there are lesbians who love that but my experience of lesbian bars is much more like pool tables and you know right yeah sure <laughs> it wasn't quite that mm. it was a sea of denim which yeah. I, the, the, all the denim and plaid <laughs> in this scene was great yeah it was good the, the jokes in the bar were funny too it was a funny it was yeah. a funny scene don't get me wrong and yeah. you know the daughter takes it very well mm-hmm. we get a cameo from leah delaria a mm-hmm. big boo who I think it's just looked the same for like 40 years. It's weird, right? It's funny. Yeah. yeah. She's, <laughs> she hit that peak lesbian look and she's just stayed there. Yeah. Like, hey, it's clearly worked it's for It's working her. very well for her. Yeah. Typecasting sometimes, you know, pays off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they go to the lesbian bar and they meet the daughter and they recruit her because she's also very much on team her mom. She, she yeah. resents her dad for like the way he treats the mom. So she gets a job with her dad. She mm-hmm. manipulates her dad into giving her a job at the company so she can spy on him. So that's mm-hmm. the, that's her 
whole plot line. Yeah. And then Goldie Hawn's method of fighting back is to start selling all of her husband's famous possessions. Mm. All of her husband's favorite possessions. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so this was the bit that uh, threw me off a little bit because they start off having some uh, divorce negotiations at the start mm-hmm. and like she's on the back foot because he's come at her with a lawyer saying like, I'm going to take half your, or you need to sell all your things and give me half the income from it all. Yeah. And then like she just goes, and, oh, well, if that's what you want, then yeah, sure. So I'll, we'll, I'll just sell half our things. Would he not have thought of this? No, would, would, think... would, would, would his lawyer not have thought of this? Mm. Like, we're going to do this to her. So she's got to sell her stuff and give you half the money. What's stopping her from doing that to you? I guess the idea is that she has to give him half of her income or half of her value. Yeah. And so if she was to sell his stuff as well, then it doesn't take away from that. So it'd be like, she'd have to give half of her stuff plus extra. Mm. So I think they just, the idea is that he, he didn't consider that she would also, cause it was all in her name. Mm-hmm. She'd also sell his favorite car, his favorite house or whatever, you know, just, yeah. just to make, get rid of all the things he loves. Cause technically it's all in her name. Mm. It's like, well, if you're going to try and bleed me dry by saying it's all in my name, I'm going to sell everything in my name, including all your stuff. I think that's the idea behind it. Basically. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But he's he's obviously yeah. So she 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 sells his favorite car, and he mm-hmm. he's like you spiteful sack of silicone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's how he, she's getting revenge on him. And Bette Midler finds out that her husband, who's like a very well-established businessman, has committed major major tax crimes mm-hmm. at the beginning of his setting up his business. Like he's yeah. not declared a bunch of stuff, and all his all his early stuff fell off the back of a lorry kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. all very dodgy. And so she decides that she needs to use that to kind of frame him. Yeah. But in order to frame him, they need to break into his apartment and get his full tax returns. Mm-hmm. So then we get the other big comic set piece in the film <laughs> and the three of them break into his apartment using, they enlist Maggie Smith. Yeah. Maggie Smith with another very exciting wig. Mm-hmm. It's a big old wig for Maggie Smith. <laughs> they enlist her to kind of distract Sarah Jessica Parker, who is Bette Miller's husband's new younger girlfriend yeah. to distract the, the two of them by taking them out for like a, a, a fancy meal mm. while the three women break into the apartment. Mm-hmm. So they break in and they're rooting through trying to find the, the tax returns. And of course, before they can find it, they get interrupted. Sarah Jessica Parker and Dan Hedaya come back mm-hmm. and then their only means of escape from this high rise apartment <laughs> is to jump into a hydraulic lift that is, <laughs> the wind, window cleaners use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And ride the way down. It's ridiculous. It's it's a ridiculous scene. It's a lot of fun. Those things don't go that fast. They don't. No, they, they I never guarantee they don't go no. that fast. I mean, if it had landed the way that they landed in the movie, they would be dead. Yeah. They'd, be, <laughs> they'd be strewn all over the New York sidewalk. Yeah. There's a reason you didn't see any of the actors' faces. Yeah. yeah, or they would have crushed someone else to death on the way down yeah. who was walking underneath. It's just, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's worth it for the bit when they're halfway down and they interrupt a couple having sex and yeah, people recognise Goldie Hawn's character because yeah. she's obviously famous. Like, you look great. You mm. look great. And then you just go... <laughs> It's, it's a good time uh so yeah so the first half of the movie is just kind of a fun little revenge romp mm-hmm. but uh, about the midway point they find out that revenge isn't really making them very happy mm. there's a scene where they're having a whole drunken night in i think because the, their plans aren't quite going the way they thought they would yeah. and they're kind of starting to fall apart a bit and they're starting to fight among themselves mm-hmm. there's a funny bit where they get Goldie Hawn's supposed to have won an Oscar. She's like an Oscar-winning actress. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Bette Midler looks, it says, oh, look, it says, I beat Meryl. Yeah. And um, do you know that when Jennifer Lawrence in real life won her Oscar, mm-hmm. she obviously is a big fan of this movie, and she, she got up there, and of course Meryl was nominated that year, because Meryl was always nominated. <laughs> so Jennifer Lawrence got up and said, oh, I beat Meryl. 
And you know, referencing this movie, making a funny joke. Yeah. But I can't imagine I went down. No, at all. no. People, people didn't realize. That people didn't get the reference, yeah. and so they. And, and then it's just harsh. She had, to, yeah, she had to like give an apology. Like <laughs> it was really awkward because like everyone was like, "Oh my god, Jennifer Lawrence is so arrogant." She said she wow. beat Meryl, and it's like she's like, "No, it's a movie reference. I'm sorry." Like <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny and awkward. Thing. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, silver lining. I beat Meryl. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so they start to fall apart a little bit. They have a few arguments and stuff. And they realize that just getting revenge isn't enough. It's not making them happy. Yeah. It's it's not worth it. It's not very fulfilling. So they decide to use their powers for good to, mm-hmm. to actually do some good in the world. And um, so that's when their final plan comes together. Mm-hmm. So the three of them then really make the moves on their husbands. Diane Keaton buys a controlling share in her husband's advertising agency. So mm-hmm. she controls the company. Brenda, Bette Midler's character, blackmails her husband with the threat of going to jail because of the, um, because of all the, the tax, fraud, the, the tax yeah. fraud and the, yeah, the fraud and the tax evasion. Yeah. And Goldie Horn finds out that her husband's new girlfriend is 15, mm-hmm. which is, <laughs> yep. which he didn't know. No. Although it's, <laughs> it's a good comedy casting because did you, re- it might be before your time. Did you recognize the girl who played his new girlfriend? No. Okay. Before your time. She is very famous or was very famous as a character on a sitcom called Saved by the Bell. Okay. Yeah, which is high school. Yeah. So, and she, this was the same time. So from an audience, you'd be like, yeah, she's 15. Right. But in yeah, this yeah. film, obviously, in the world of this film. Yeah. But he doesn't know she's 15. So the, the joke is that he's accidentally committed a major crime, mm-hmm. uh, you know, basically statutory rape. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, well, you know, I've, I'm going to tell the press. I'm going to tell everyone you'll go to jail if you don't mm-hmm. give me lots of money. Yeah. Basically. So they've got their three husbands over a barrel. It's kind of a dark joke, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here I mean, for it. it, it's straight blackmail, fully blackmail. Yeah. yeah. So the three of them have got their husbands where they want them, and they force all the men to kind of support financially and with the advertising agency, I guess, mm. to support their new venture, which is a women's shelter, which they've raised in memory of Stockard Channing's character, their old friend yeah. who committed suicide. So it's, yeah. a, it's a shelter for troubled women to help women to you know who are in crisis. It's, it's a women's crisis center. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of where the movie ends. They throw a big launch party. There's a cameo by Ivanka Trump, which... Uh, <sighs> <laughs> it made me sad because I realized as a kid, as a kid, I realized as a kid watching this movie, this was the first time I ever developed a, a conscience of what the Trumps were. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is Donald Trump's first wife, basically. Yeah. Who he famously left for a younger woman, mm-hmm. who he then left for an even younger woman. It's <laughs> basically how his life's been. <laughs> Uh, yeah and so she has that line don't get mad get everything which is quite fabulous but yeah. uh, she's still part of that whole disgusting circle of people so it's hard to root for her too much mm-hmm. um but yes so she has this little fun little cameo and yeah they set up the women's shelter uh and then we see the three of them brenda the bet middler character she reconciles with her husband again like he realizes that mm-hmm. sarah jessica park is very vacuous and vapid and actually he still loves his wife yeah and so they have kind of they get together it's very sweet uh but the other two women are fine on their own and it ends with a Good old passionate song and dance number two, You Don't Own Me. which is a great old pop song. It's a really good ending. It's a good ending, yeah. It's yeah. a good feel-good ending. It's nice to have a, the, the ending of a film that's such a feel-good film yeah. that also then just gets stuck in your head. Like, yeah, oh, there's a... that great song that I've not thought about in ages. Yeah. It's, it's just great. It's always fun to just end on a musical number, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that is The First Wives Club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good pick. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I, was, I was like, this. I was watching it the other day and I was like, this could go either way for Harry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Ivana, 
I want to thank you for coming so much. You're an angel. Well, of course, I Thank you so much again. <laughs> Ladies, we have to be strong and independent. And remember, what? Don't get mad. Get everything. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye now. Uh, do you want to do drinking games? I certainly do. So, drink for the word wife or husband or ex. Okay, sure. Just drink for marital terms. Plenty of. Mm-hmm, indeed. Uh, I've got a very obvious one. Drink for Gordie Horn's lips. Yeah, definitely. They really change size scene to scene. <laughs> they do, like, yeah. Sometimes they are massive. Sometimes they're just okay. Like, mm-hmm. But she does a lot with them. Yeah. It's it's great physical comedy from Gordie Horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, drink for Maggie Smith's wondering accent. Did you notice this? Mm, is she supposed to be American at some point? I think so, yeah. Okay. Okay, she's not in it that much. So no, she's know. not. I can't but really it, tell, but, okay. but but it, but it does happen. Like she sounds off. In okay, this. I'll take it. I mean, Maggie Smith to me always is just old English lady. Like yeah. whether she's meant to be or not, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's what she is. Yes, exactly. That's what. Yeah, works for her. But mm-hmm. okay, I didn't notice that, but sure. Here's a good one. Drink every time Diane Keaton touches her face or hair. <laughs> is it a lot? I, it is a lot. I like her. She's a very funny lady, but she is a very fidgety kind of actress. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of like this and this and just just t- sorry i know that doesn't translate on a podcast lots oh, of yeah you're doing this very well john sorry lots of touching of just touching her face touching her hair or yeah. putting your hand in her hair it's just it's just what she does mm-hmm. but it's it's a good drinking game once you notice it yeah um drink whenever you see pearl necklaces oh okay that's that's very 90s yeah yeah plenty mm-hmm. of them. well it's a plot point in this isn't it like the four of them back in high school, they all gave each other pearl necklaces. Oh, yes, of course, there is that as well. And so, like, they all wear them to the funeral and stuff like that, and they wear them at various points throughout the film, but, yeah. That is true. Oh, yes, they're, they're a good plot point, yeah. Okay, similarly, I had a drink for chunky knitwear. Yeah. Mentioned before, like, best way to make a, a, a glamorous movie star woman look sad is just put her in an oversized jumper and some slacks. Like, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much all they do. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, drink for revenge. Revenge, drink for revenge. Great, yeah. <laughs> just any little bit where they're just like talking shit to one of their ex-husbands. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's not it's not all like big stuff. It's a lot of just little things earlier on. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, drink every time Bette Midler references her Judaism. Yeah. Yeah. I did like it at the... Because there's, there's a side plot. There's a side plot where her son with Dan Hedaya is mm-hmm. having his bar mitzvah. You know, mm-hmm. Very important ceremony for Jewish kids. Um, and Dan Hedaya brings Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm. And they both walk in and obviously Sarah Jessica Parker is all legs and hair and she's mm-hmm. gorgeous. And, yeah. and Bette Middle's like, I can't believe he brought her to the, he brought his girlfriend to the bar mitzvah. So my son's bar mitzvah. And Diane Keaton just looks Sarah Jessica Parker up and down and goes, as a gift? <laughs> <laughs> was that, that was a good line. <laughs> Uh, drink when they drink. Drink when they drink. Yes, it's a good... Always good, a fun time. Good, it's a good wine mom movie. Yeah, it is. It's just, yeah, yeah. Middle-aged ladies drink. Especially Gordie Hall, because her character's supposed to be a bit of a lush. Mm-hmm. So there is plenty of her just knocking back the wine. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, good time. Okay, here's one. Drink for 90s references. Okay. Drink when this movie is very much of its time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally a scene where Bette Midler goes, we're so modern, we're women of the 90s. Like, and <laughs> we're with like a giant brick of a phone in our hand. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, very, <laughs> it's very of its time. Yeah. Oh, Do you think it knew that it was going like, to date? Well, sure. I mean, obviously at the time, the 90s did feel fresh and new. Yeah. There'll be films that are set in 2021 in 20 years that people are going to be like, ha! Yeah, I know, of course. That's but... the way the world works. Yeah. I mean, you must have picked up on the bit where they break into the apartment and the computer. Oh, yeah. That, when they're going through his data and it's just like a 
really bad Microsoft paint of like mm-hmm. <laughs> his files was just aw- it just looked awful. Yeah, I love it. Drink it's, for old tech. Drink definitely. for old tech always. Yeah. Um, drink whenever they do anything in unison. Okay, sure. Yeah, the free the free women. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. It's not always the dancing stuff. It might just be like they all drink at the same time or something like that. But yeah, it's, they have fabulous comic chemistry. That's, yeah. I think that's why this movie works. These are yeah. women who clearly get along very well and bounce off each other very well. They must have had a lot of fun making it look, this movie. That's it. This movie looks like it was fun to make, which is always a good recipe for a film that's going to be also fun to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, any more? Mm, drink for when men are pigs. Drink for men being pigs, yeah. Mm. I mean, there's not really a lot of sympathetic men in this movie. I don't no, think there's not any. <laughs> They're all pigs. They're all pigs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think I'm done, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, listeners, if you enjoyed that and you feel like uh, you'd like a bit more, you know, more drinking games, more talk about the movie, more sequel pitches, which we'll get to shortly, mm-hmm. then you can go to patreon.com slash beyond the box set where you can get extended versions of all the episodes. That's not true. You can get extended versions of the last 50 or so since we started doing Some extended, extended episodes, episodes. But more importantly, bonus episodes. That's more of a draw, bonus yeah. episodes. Yeah. yeah, so we do we do film reviews as well of uh, uh, present releases on streaming services and yes. cinemas. And uh, yeah, that's always a good time. When we can get back to the cinemas, we will. Yeah. It's still closed. We're looking forward to them coming back. But, uh, but right now we're building up to award season. Yeah. And so uh, the quality of the films is steadily getting better. It's taken an uptick. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited. There's yeah, some good I'm, stuff coming, yeah. I'm hoping it's not peaked yet. No, I'm hoping there's still more good stuff to come, yeah. yeah. But, February, uh, I think, is going to be a good month. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of supposed to be hitting Netflix soon, I think. Right. When is the Oscars, actually? It's been pushed back to April, I believe. April. I, can't, I don't know if the exact okay. date has been told. I think it's like mid-April, but there's, there's still some time. Okay, cool. Well, cool. there's loads of films that I think coming out in like February, so I think mm. yeah, well, there's plenty. There'll be plenty to watch over the next few months. Definitely, yeah. Once a month, we do a Patreon episode on the podcast where mm-hmm. we on the main podcast where uh, we pick a Patreon at random. They get to choose a film for us. It's great because it means that we watch film that we wouldn't watch otherwise. Indeed, you can come and guest if you want to, but you don't have to. And also, you get our exclusive Facebook group too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got all that by going to patreon.com slash beyondtheboxset. Indeed. So what does a receptionist do when the fire alarm goes off? I don't know. Call the fire brigade? I seriously hope that was a joke. That's what the fire alarm is for. Well, she's the one who asked what to do. I'm just guessing. Well, I think you'd have to be the one that makes sure everyone knows where the fire exits are and checks that everyone is out of the building. Like, we have the list of guests. It's not that hard. I just wait till it actually happens and we'll see if you find it's not that hard. What are you going to do if everyone goes off running in different directions before you check them off your list? Or someone sleeps through it. I highly doubt you can sleep through a fire alarm. I have. (laughs) Sure. So what, we're just going to say they'll check off all the guests as they exit the building to make sure they're all out? Welcome to The Quids In is a new fictional podcast coming to all podcasting platforms weekly from September 10th, 2020. Learn more about the show by visiting our website at islandlifeproductions.com and clicking on Support Us. Okay, on with the show. Mm-hmm. So my idea mm-hmm. is spun off the title that I've come up with. Okay. Which is, you know, I'm sure the listeners have got to it too, but it's Second Wives Club. Second Wives Club. I mean, yeah, it writes itself, but let's see how you did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, about 25 years later or so, the three men, I forget their names. Um, the husbands, the ex-husbands. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They have all now been married to their second wives for a fair while now. Ah, okay. And guess what? Their second wives, they're not in their 20s anymore. Oh, now they are. Yeah, that's that's true. Sarah Jessica Parker is about the age now that Bette Midler would have been in the original. So that, mm. that tracks, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we see at the start of these films that these men, they're all in different stages of their affairs with younger women. Okay, so they're just, yeah. 
They're, yeah. they're moving another generation down. Yeah. So we've got the second wives who are going to be the main characters of this. Okay. So we've got Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, to be honest, I forgot about the therapist. We could have her. Yeah, Marsha K. Harden, yeah. Or these other two that I've come up with, Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Aniston. I thought they might be fun to be. Yeah, they they would also work, yeah. That, that's yeah. a good cast for a remake for the First Wives Club. Yeah. So Sarah Jessica Parker, Nicole Kidman, and... Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. That, that, that's a good cast. I, I could, reckon they I could have fun together. I could see that. My only thing would be they're all kind of the same. Sure. Like in, in the original, you've got the neurotic, nerdy kind of one. You've got the brassy Jewish one, and you've mm-hmm. got the glamorous one. Well, I, I think like Nicole J- Kidman would definitely be the glamorous one. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker, still, she's the same. She's just a little bit dumb. Yeah, sure. She's um, the, yeah, she's the bimbo. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston, yeah, I wasn't too sure. Yeah, I mean, she's also that's they're all just very beautiful women, is what I'm saying. There's not really a lot of like, yeah, you've not got three different types of women, but yeah, you could make it work. I was thinking like, well, although I guess it wouldn't make sense because actually, in it would make sense that they would all be pretty ladies because mm. these are second wives, so yeah. the, the, the husbands have married three bimbos. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. I was going to say like you could have Melissa McCarthy, but that wouldn't make like why would they marry? Not that. <laughs> Not that Melissa McCarthy's not attractive, but I mean, like, why would these men marry Melissa McCarthy at any point? Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's fine. Go ahead with you. Yeah. Nicole, Jennifer, and... Um, Sarah yeah, all funny ladies, so sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they'd... No, they'd, I think it works. would be a good time to It go. works, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, then I, then I decided to cast the younger, um, the, the third wife. Oh, okay, yeah. Should we, should we say? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Florence Pugh. Sure, yeah. Um, Alison Brie. Yeah. And Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, yes, from uh, The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, so to kind of repeat, she'd be like the young one. Yeah, she's, though, the like, one who's t- she's the one who's too young. Yeah. yeah, even though like she's 25, same as Florence Pugh. Sure. You know that Alison Brie's 38? I think yeah. we had this conversation a We've week, had this before. She, she, she's but, aged very well, but, yeah. Damn. She, she, she will always be Annie. Yeah. She will always be Annie from Community. That's yeah, and she's what, like, what, 18 in that or something? She's supposed to be, I mean. Yeah, but even that, that's, I think even then she must, because Community's she not be, 20 years old. No. So she would have been like 26 when Community came out. So, yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> whatever yeah. uh, <laughs> bitch looks good <laughs> yeah so anyway the um the second wives i'd say that somewhere near the start of the movie they all find out or maybe they already kind of knew mm-hmm. about these these women that, that their men have got on the side yeah um and so they decide to team up and get revenge on their men and okay. you know very inspired by the first wives sure are we gonna have cameos from the first wives at some point absolutely right yeah. here okay so they initially get in touch with the first wives, cameos ahoy, mm-hmm. and try and get them on board. Uh-huh. Just try and help out. Just like, hey, these these men, they're, they're doing it again. They've, yeah. you know, they've moved on. And like, you you help women. Like, do you want to, can you help us, please? No. They're not sympathetic. No. Are they just like, ha? Yeah. Is it from Mrs. Crabapple? <laughs> ha? Kind of. <laughs> Almost exactly. Just yeah. like, yeah, no, no, we do help women out. That's, that, that, that's our thing. You've got this. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you knew what you were getting into here. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, that's that's just going to be their cameo. They're not really going to be in it. Sure, that, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the second wives, to try and spite the first wives slightly, start themselves a little club. Okay. What do they call it? The second wives club. Sure. With the aim to just, again, take down their ex-husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with the experience of being second wives themselves, they, you know, they... They feel like they've learned a bit more than what the first wives had. Uh-huh. And they they might know where the third wives are coming from. I see, okay. You know, because they know they they might know that feeling of like trying to steal somebody else's man. Sure, how, they've got how, both, how it might feel. They've been on both sides of it, yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. yes. So And also the men are a lot older now. So you Sorry? Know, the the men will be a lot older now as well, so they're yeah. probably a bit more vulnerable to, you know, I don't know. They're richer. Anything. Anything, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's there's more you could do to them. I'm just yeah. saying, yeah. Steal their Viagra, replace it with something else, you know. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. 
but yeah, so they, they, they get in touch with and recruit the third wives too. Oh, really? Yeah. What, so, because the third wives are already getting replaced by fourth wives or? No, just like maybe the third wives, they're just, they'll go with anything. Sure. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. What, what are people in their 20s do these days? Who knows? <laughs> you could, how could you possibly <laughs> tell, Harry? <laughs> Such a long time since you were in your 20s. Um. <laughs> But yeah, that's, that, that's all I've got pretty much. Okay. Well, what if the second wives make friends with the third wives? Because mm. they realize that the third wives are actually, because they're like millennials, mm-hmm. they're like actually very woke. Right. And so they kind of convert them into being like, oh, actually, yeah, let's be sisterly. And let's, uh, let's rather than being the women who've been dumped, let's screw the men over without letting them know that we're actually mm. still with them. Like, you know. Well, maybe they need to sort of like convince them first. It's like maybe... Maybe the younger ones are just like, no, 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 like they're, they're fine. And like, this is a weird conversation for you and me to be having, but like, I'm going to keep going as I am. But then they're like, no, 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 just wait, watch, he'll do this. Yeah. Oh, I know. And then they'll just like point out all the bad things about their husbands, yeah. like, and he breathes loudly and all mm. that sort of stuff. Now I've got a better idea. Maybe the second wives approach the third wives and mm-hmm. try and, you know, try and get revenge on them and try and destroy the third wives' lives. And the third wives are all these like millennial, mm-hmm. like young women. But actually, it turns out that the, the third wives are, are actually operating a sting operation. Ah, oh, it's, it's all, it's there all it a long con on the men. Yeah. And so they're more than happy to help the women because yeah. they're like, no, we're like feminists and we're mm. going to, we knew exactly what we were getting into with these men. We're, we're going to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Like they do. They deserve nothing less. Yeah. So that becomes a whole thing on the men. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely works. Mm-hmm. Um, not really sure what the second wives have got to do for that one there. And that's a good point. How do they contribute? Well, I guess they're going to help out. You know that they've they, they've got the knowledge of having been married for a long time to these mm-hmm. men, and uh, maybe they know like some of their more dirty secrets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe the third wives are like stringing the men along, and they actually want to sleep with them. Yeah. So they don't actually know much about the men because they're keeping it, you know, mm-hmm. they're keeping it above the waist kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe that's how they're sort of getting information out of them. Just like, oh no, if you just tell me this, then you know, maybe you'll yeah. see how it goes tonight. Yeah. But like the second one's gonna be like, look, if you tickle his balls, I'll tell you anything. You know? Yeah, <laughs> he really likes feet. <laughs> yeah, they've got all the inside stuff, you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then maybe yes. I mean, I don't know what's the end game though. That's the question. So I they, mean, I'd say, say the end game is just yeah, like taking them down completely. The like, the three men get cancelled. Maybe the big social media campaign goes out, mm-hmm. and uh... yeah, maybe it's like a Me Too kind of thing. I mean, we're not, don't, don't want to get too dark on this. I don't, make it, I don't want to make it about like rape or anything, but like the men get like shamed and they lose their jobs and stuff. I don't know. Like, yeah, I tell you that like they actually lose their jobs in this one rather than just get divorced. Sure. They're yeah. not happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually kind of feel some repercussions about it. And then maybe they all just end up living just like in a cheap old people's home. Yeah, maybe it concludes with them. Because they're all going to be like, what, 70s now? Yeah, they? yeah. It, yeah, they're all dinosaurs at this point. So. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it ends with them forming like the... Like the the original men's the club. Ex-husband's club. The ex-husband's club. The ex-husband's club, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to get away with things like being ex-husbands. It's like, well, these women keep taking us down and this isn't how it should be. And yeah, ah, I miss my sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what they miss, the sandwiches. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker's amazing sandwich making skills. That's what that's she's gotta, what she's gotta have something. Yeah, I'm sure she does, yeah. <laughs> and it's sandwiches apparently. Mm. <laughs> oh anyway, carry on. What, what what have you got then? Okay, cool. So I have done a direct sequel as well. Slightly mm-hmm. different direction though. So again, it's twenty five years have passed. Yeah. And I'm thinking, so at the end of the first movie, 
the women have obviously formed this foundation, the Cynthia Swan Foundation for Women in Crisis. Yeah. And I'm thinking 25 years later, this foundation has become a huge nationwide charity. Mm-hmm. They've got centers in every state in, in America. Mm-hmm. It's multi, it's a multi-million pound operation. Mm-hmm. It's still a charity that's basically aimed at helping women, but it's become so much bigger than what it was. Yeah. Uh, and the three women are the joint CEOs. Annie, Brenda, and Elise are the joint CEOs of the company. They run it together. Mm-hmm. But over the past 25 years, their relationships have become quite strained. Right. Uh, they're not as close as they were when they set it up. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking, first of all, Elsie, Goldie Horn's character, she's basically a silent partner because mm. she wanted to carry on her film career. So she's still an actress. Right, yeah. So she's not really, con- she doesn't contribute anything. Mm. She's just got her name on the lease. Mm-hmm. She puts finances into it. So she's financially supporting it, mm. but she doesn't do the day-to-day, any day-to-day work. She just... But because she's famous, she gets all the publicity. Mm. Right, she's the, I see, so yeah. she gets she swans in every few months and all the press come and she's like, Oh Panda. Well, she oh of course she swans in. I didn't even think of that yet. She <laughs> swans into Cynthia Swans and she gets all this amazing good publicity basically whenever she wants it. That, because she's got this amazing foundation for women and it's like mm-hmm. she's won humanitarian awards in Hollywood and everyone's mm-hmm. like, Wow, she's so such a pioneer. Yeah. Whereas Brenda she doesn't and, actually do anything. Well, she does no work and Brenda yeah. and Annie are completely ignored and they yeah. do all the heavy lifting and they're just like really resentful about this. Mm-hmm. So that's why they don't like her very much anymore. Mm. And then I'm thinking Annie and Brenda, they have different opinions about the direction that the charity should go into. Yeah. And you could actually, this is maybe a touch controversial, but mm. I was thinking you could like touch on some stuff that's going on right now in like society where it could be about... I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of controversy around uh, trans women at the moment where there are some feminists who are very anti-trans women and don't think trans women should be considered as women. They think it's demeaning right. to women. and they, like, it's, like women, it's like trans women shouldn't use women's changing rooms and bathing mm-hmm. and stuff because they feel like it's not a safe space for biological women anymore. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of bollocks. It's awful. But I was thinking you could have it where, because it's a, it's a center for women in crisis, Maybe Annie wants to be inclusive and to bring right, in, see, to allow yeah. trans women yeah. to be part of this and to benefit from the, the center who need mm-hmm. it. But maybe Brenda's like, no, this is a club for women and I don't see them as women. She's, mm. Maybe she's just a bit old fashioned and doesn't see it that way. Yeah. And so she thinks it's purely for quote unquote real women, like biological women. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's causing a big rift, mm. you know, in, in them because they've got very different ideas and it's a, it's a very hot button it's a very hot topic. Mm-hmm. It's a very touchy issue on like how they're going to take the crisis center forward. And I was thinking because of that, you could have, um, you, you could fix two problems in this movie. Well, it's not a problem. This movie doesn't talk about trans women because it's from 1996. And that wasn't really a conversation <laughs> people were having. No. But also this is a very white movie. Yeah. This is like, I don't think there's a single black character in the entire movie. I didn't notice. No. This is an incredibly white movie. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking you could bring in Laverne Cox. Sure. As like a, a like a trans campaigner who wants to, who's like calling out the charity for not being supportive of trans women, and mm-hmm. Addie really wants to bring her on board, but Brenda's really resistant, and mm. so that could be like a whole plot where that. So be... so is Laverne Cox? Is she playing like herself, or is she or is she? Playing... No, no, she's playing. She's playing a, just 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 a, a trans woman who is a who's campaigning, yeah. you know, who wants to be involved in the foundation, but because she gets turned away. I was just wondering if she, she could be playing like. Some person of authority. Oh, like, like a famous like, person such yeah, as Laverne like, Cox. Like yeah. Laverne Cox, basically. Possibly. I, I, I was thinking just... Because then it, it, it gives a bit more a bit more, a bit more, more weight to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a major publicity scandal just on the horizon here if we make the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, you could do it that way. It could be Laverne Cox. Because then the charity could be Cox. like, this charity could just completely fail right now if mm-hmm. we don't come to... 
the right decision. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It could actually be Laverne Cox as Laverne Cox. That that mm-hmm. could also work. Um, I was thinking that could be a plot line. Or just like Goldie Hawn was playing a, a big actor. Yeah. So that's one plot line that's happening. Mm-hmm. And it all comes to a head where the three, the three of them just aren't talking anymore. Like their relationships have hit rock bottom once again, the yeah. three main women. And then they're surprised. They're shocked, I should say. And then they're shocked by a surprise visitor mm-hmm. to the to their headquarters one day. Who should turn up but Cynthia herself? Stocker uh, Channing. She's not really dead. Uh, so, And then it turns out, big <laughs> plot twist, 25 years ago, she faked her own death okay. as, the ultimate, as the ultimate revenge on her husband. It was very implied that she threw herself off a building. Yes, that would be hard to hide, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a difficult one to fake, yeah. True, yeah. So uh, what's it going to be? Is it like we were just sh- like sort of shown or implied to that she jumped off the building? Yeah, that's but, it, you never but, saw the body. But, but Yeah, of course. But actually all the characters, they never refer to her being thrown off a building. No, exactly, yeah. It's that like she was, you know, she was found like with slit wrists or something or she was cold yeah. or something like that but she the characters never thought she jumped off the building yeah well you could do a flashback to the original and the bit where it cuts away where you assume she jumped off the balcony yeah and you could actually see she walks away goes to like a riverbed or like a, a fast flowing river or something yeah leaves her fur coat on the bank and then just like hops a plane to europe right. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just a, she, uh, well she's written that suicide note to all of her friends oh, so, yeah, every, yeah. so everyone assumes that she's dead yeah but they never find a body because you never right. see a body yeah 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 so i mean it is a bit retconny but yeah. we're just gonna go with it yeah so she <laughs> As an ultimate revenge on her husband hey, at the time. Give her a role. I've not. I, I, I love the roles that she's done. Yeah. The one of the half roles I've seen her do. Who doesn't love Rizzo, yeah? Yeah. Just give her some more to do. Sure, yeah. So she's basically, as the ultimate revenge on her husband at the time, after he married a younger woman, she faked her own death and flew off to Europe to mm. kind of fully shame him. And she's been living in Italy for like 25 years. But now mm. she's back. She's come back. She's flown back into America. Is she, she renewed her Italian accent? Or? You could that could be a joke. It could, she could be having like a really silly Italian accent. Yeah, a bit fakey, fakey, but whatever. Yeah. But she's back and she wants to reconnect with her old friends. She's mm. just you know she's sick of living in Europe, maybe. And the women, they're happy that she's still alive. Obviously, they're you know they're very happy and they can hug it out and they have like a, maybe there's another boozy lunch they can have where they can catch up. Like yeah. where the hell have you been? Yeah. But also, obviously, they are quite horrified because um, their entire organization is now based on a lie because it's literally <laughs> the Cynthia Swan Memorial. Yeah. So now it looks like they're big old frauds. Yeah. So they're something that they're forced to try and cover up what's happened, try and keep her in hiding just to protect their business basically because if, if it comes out that she faked her own death and she's still around it's mm-hmm. gonna look very suspicious mm-hmm. so they try and create like a new identity for Cynthia where they're like trying to convince her to not let the world know she's still alive and so they're really trying to keep her behind closed doors and mm-hmm. maybe she doesn't feel particularly good about that but that's just the way they've decided to go with it and that causes some tension as well mm-hmm. uh, and this obviously this drama brings Gordie Horn's character back in as well because it affects her as well so that's how she's suddenly back in the group so yeah now you've got the four women back together again you can have some right. wine drinking shenanigans yeah. you know yeah she's gonna try and hunt down her pearls from that cleaning lady could do yeah. yes exactly <laughs> yeah she wants to get those back yeah she wants to be part of the club again full yeah. time Maybe the film finishes, I don't know what you're going to do, but maybe the film finishes with them giving her some new pearls. Sure. Just like, here's a here's a welcome back gift, you know, now we've finished our adventure. Well, I feel like the film has to end with a sing-song again. But Oh yeah, that too. But before we get to that, I'm yeah. thinking a journalist does find out. Well, I was thinking this could be Laverne Cox, maybe. Mm-hmm. Could be Laverne Cox as, maybe Laverne Cox is playing a journalist. That's perfect, yeah. yeah. She finds out because she's like snooping around them, trying to get dirt on them. Mm. And she finds out that Cynthia's still alive and she tries to blackmail them. Mm-hmm to force them to keep their story yeah a secret basically 
No, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't work. This Levan Cox. I don't want to make her a villain. Okay, that doesn't sure. work. No, no. There is a journalist, a journalist who's sniffing around the club for no apparent reason, mm-hmm. sniffing around the the foundation. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows why, but always trying to get dirt on them. Maybe they blame Goldie Horn for that because she's a celebrity, yeah. and they think, oh, it must just because she's famous that there's this journalist who's trying to like muck rake over, mm-hmm. who's going to rake muck all over our business, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this journalist finds out that Cynthia is still alive and starts blackmailing them, like, just for money or whatever, mm-hmm. with with threats of revealing the truth that Cynthia's still alive and the whole thing's based online. You're bringing this whole scandal down on them. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're really scared. And first of all, they're trying to, like, cooperate with the this journalist and, you know, they're falling for the blackmail. But this unites them. All, all this adversity, all of this, like, all, all this drama unites them together. It helps them to rebuild their friendship again. And they mm. start to work together and they realize they're much better together than they were apart. Yeah. So, you know, that's the heart and soul of the movie. And ultimately they find out that this journalist was hired by their ex-husbands. Ah, okay. Who have now formed the first husband's club. Great. After they were bled dry in the original movie. Yep. Once they realize the journalist is being paid by their ex-husbands, mm-hmm. they decide not to give them any more power and to just come clean. Mm. So rather than trying to force Cynthia to hide, they come out, they make a statement, and they admit that Cynthia was alive the whole time, but they yeah. didn't know. And yeah. But now that they've said it in public, the journalist has no DS on them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that at the end of the movie, the women decide to rebrand the center. They have like a a revelation. I don't know how. They get somehow it happens that they you need, there needs to be a way to tie these plot lines together. I've not really figured out exactly. But I'm thinking at the end, they come to the light around the whole issue with the trans women. Mm. And Laverne Cox is brought on as like a co-chairman of the company. Mm-hmm. And then that now it's open to all women, regardless of their background or anything. Right, yeah. Uh, and that's how the women kind of, they rebrand the center again. Mm. Not as a Cynthia Swan memorial, no. but as an, under a new name. I don't know what, like the Rainbow Foundation or something, but probably a bit more... That probably already exists. Uh, something. So generic, it must exist already. I don't, it probably does, yeah. Some, I don't know, something. But Laverne Cox comes on as a co-chairman yeah. or chairwoman. And they step into the 21st century. Yeah. And it ends with a big old song and dance number. Nice. That's great, yeah. It could be like Born This Way by Lady Gaga or something. So. I mean, real, real choreography. Really go, they can really go for it. Like. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so I'm just thinking well, it's a very well, 21st century version. Whatever makes you happy. Just when in doubt, roll out some ladies. When in doubt, go Gaga. Go Gaga, yeah. <laughs> uh, great. She could play the journalist. There you go. There it is. Yeah. Fine. No, yeah, yeah. That, that ties it together. Yeah. <laughs> very silly. It, that was pretty stupid, yeah. But yeah. I was just thinking of different ways you could bring it all back. So that was First Lives, First Lives? First Wives Club 2, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Cool, should we move on to listener submissions? Yeah, go for Just it. a handful this week. We have Duncan Flaster said The Second Wives Club, which of course. clearly, you know, obvious. Adam Capitano said The First Wives Association Incorporated LLC. So I guess that's it, it goes legit. Mm-hmm. It's a full company. Mm-hmm. Dennis Fanning said First Wives Club, Second Chances. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good, that's, pre- good, that's pretty functional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott Hillman said The Second Husband's Club, which they all, all the husbands get into their own shenanigans when they end up remarrying. Yeah. And Amy Patrick said, I don't want a sequel. I would just love a remake. Oh, right. Which begs wow. the question, if it was just to be a straight remake, mm. who would be in it? Mm. I mean, you've kind of covered it with your second wives, but if it was just purely a remake, so you could have a bit more of a diverse cast. I do think Melissa McCarthy <laughs> would be good. Maybe in the, like, in the Bette Midler kind of role. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Actually, Tiffany Haddish as a vengeful wife would be great. Yeah. I mean, this could just be a sequel to Girls Trip. 
Yeah, back, see, yeah, see, that was that was another idea I had was to uh, basically do like a sequel with this with the, the same three women mm-hmm. like now, but in their seventies, yeah. and just do a girls trip thing. Yeah. Which, also, I don't know if you've seen the film Last Vegas, but it's basically the same thing. Oh yes. Okay, so it's the same women, but they go on a road trip for some reason. Yeah. And it's just old women on a road trip. Yeah. That works. Yeah. And like on. these three old women, like yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I can yeah, see Bette that. Midler, yeah, Goldie Hawn, and Diane Keaton. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've been trying to make a sequel to this for like 20 years, so that would yeah. be what it would be today if they ever did get off the yeah. ground. So, I, I, like, It doesn't need to be about them talking about their marriages or anything. No, it could just, just be just three any, women just, having a good time. Yeah. It doesn't even need to be a sequel to this. Just anything with those three just actors. Bring, just, just, yeah, just get them back. Get them back together. That's all you need. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that could, yeah. Be, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We'll ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. Mm-hmm. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you like in the app, but only we deserve it. We don't want any fake ones. As mentioned before, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And Harry, next week, it is your first week of the Film, fil- Star, and Film Star Musicians season. So hit me with something good. Right. Well, I've got a big one. Oh, interesting. Um, it's got three musicians in at least. Okay. I'm sure it's got, I'm sure it's got more, but three musicians that I actually recognize. Uh-huh. It's got Jamie Foxx. Is it Dreamgirls? Yes. It okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't hard. Pretty clear where that He's was He's done loads of films. Sure, but you said free, and I was like, well, oh, I, yeah, I already yeah. pictured the Dreamgirls. Well, we got so. Jennifer Hudson, we got Beyonce. Beyonce, there's, yeah, there's you others, got them. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, this one's been on my list for a while. It's a good I've film. been waiting for the season to come round again. Yeah, and, no, it's uh, a good time, yeah. Yeah, so you start this off easy with something sort of light and fluffy. I have seen this mm-hmm. a long time ago. I don't remember it being so light and fluffy. I mean, it's not horrendously bleak, but it's it's a musical. It's a good time. Well, we'll see. We'll see you next week. We will see. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you very and, much. Uh, and yeah, see you next, next week. week for Dream Girls. <laughs> Bye. I'm not singing. No, okay. <laughs>